Good morning and welcome. As we start a new study today, we're going to begin a look at the book of James. This is a book that was probably one of the earliest New Testament books written in the 40s. In other words, about 10 or 12 years after Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. The book gets its name from its author. Interestingly, the the translation of that word, it's from the Greek word lakobos, which is, as I understand it, I may be destroying that that pronunciation, is the name Jacob, and it could be translated as James. It could be translated as Jake or Jacob. They all come from the same root, but the root word is Jacob. Uh, Some people have speculated that, that that first translation, the King James translation, yeah, maybe he preferred James because that was his name. I don't know. Of course, the king didn't translate it. It was authorized under him. Personally, I love the book of James. It's a very practical book. It's just, it's almost like the New Testament version of Proverbs, and it, it just goes A, B, C. This is, this is what you need to do as a part of your life of following after Christ. It's a book that's enjoyed or suffered, as you would, uh, some controversy through the through the ages about the authorship of it, and also more importantly, people trying to cast it as being in opposition to the letters of Paul that that address uh, salvation by grace through faith, and nothing could be further from the truth. The, the truth is that James confirms that real faith will produce good works. In other words, just like Jesus said, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. That's in chapter 15 of the Gospel of John. So Jesus is saying a true relationship with him by grace alone, through faith alone, in the Lord Jesus Christ alone, will result in fruit in our lives. Fruit meaning the, the, the evidence of our faith, the evidence of our new birth, will be that you will see the works of Christ in our lives. Not perfectly, not consistently all the time, hopefully more and more consistently, but it will be there. And that, that's all James says. He doesn't take issue with anything in that, that Paul says, even though Paul's writings came later, they're just like the rest of Scripture. There's no conflict. It's all there, and it all lines up. Even though it's written by over 40 people over thousands of years from all sorts of different circumstances and all amazingly different backgrounds and languages of all those people, yet from Genesis to Revelation, it is a consistent, beautiful story of the the majesty of God and the love of God and his creation of us to be in a relationship with him. Back to the book of James. Uh, We're just going to look at the first verse. uh, As James, you might say, it's the letterhead of his letter. And this letter, unlike a lot of them, is not written to a particular person or to a particular church. 
it's it's written to all of the 12 tribes of Israel scattered around the world at that time. So I've talked too much. Let's uh, let's read this one verse that we're going to look at, pray, and then we will kind of dissect this greeting that James uses. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful truth of your word, your powerful living and active word. Thank you for the beauty and the truth and the encouragement that we find in that part of your word that we call the book of James. Help us to see and hear and receive all that you have for us from this wonderful book. Open the ears and eyes of our understanding that we may receive and be molded and shaped and transformed by the renewal of our mind as we come in contact with you through your word. May we leave and never be the same as when we came. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. As I've said with other letters, you think of the opening part of the letter just like you would think of a letter today, that it that it's a greeting and it's a letterhead, so to speak. So the, the first thing is the name of the writer. He said James. And again, I said earlier that, that probably the more accurate, or definitely the more accurate translation would be that his name was actually Jacob, but the translation of it into English uh, renders in most Bibles as James, although there are some that says Jacob. Uh, this is James, the brother of Jesus Christ. He was, of course, born later. He and the other siblings, they were born of the union of Joseph and Mary. We know that, that before Mary gave birth to Jesus, there was no... Um, coming together, no intimacy between Joseph and Mary. But, of course, that was not true for the other children. They were, they were born naturally, just, just like you and I are, of a mother and a father um, people. So James is his brother, but interestingly and, and importantly, it appears that it wasn't until after Jesus was crucified dead, buried, and then raised from the dead, that James came to faith in his brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, he was a late comer to him, and, and that's especially poignant when you think about how he opens this letter. He identifies himself as James. He says, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. A servant here is a, is a slave, a doulos slave, D-O-U-L-O-S, uh, is the English version of the Greek word. And he's saying, I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not many people today want to be identified as a slave. And, of course, slavery as we think of it was a terrible thing, but slavery to God, where God is our master and we only do what our master calls us to do, that, that's actually the call on our life. Jesus said, if you would come after me, you must lay down your life, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, you got to do it my way. 
not to get into the relationship. He's not describing how we stay saved or get saved. He's describing how we should live the Christian life to follow after him. And so James says right up first, he said, hey, I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he used all of his name. That That's the Savior, the Messiah, and that's also my brother. His name is Jesus. And so he's identifying himself as to his place on earth. His purpose is to be a servant of God, God the Father, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. There's one God eternally existing in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but only one God. And so he's saying, I'm a, I'm a servant, I'm a slave of God. And then he says who he's addressing the letter to, and he says uh, this letter is addressed to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. And, and what he means by that is that at that point in time, the 12 tribes, although there will always be, you'll see them show up again in the book of Revelation at the end of time, uh, but but they still exist, but they're scattered. I think that Greek word is diaspora or something that looks like that, and it just means they're, they're scattered out. They're dispersed throughout the world. So he said, I'm, I'm writing to my fellow Jewish people of the 12 tribes, the, the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He then gives a simple greeting, which is greetings. And it's the Greek word that basically means hello or welcome. Uh, Paul normally used grace and peace together, and greetings is is similar to that, but but he doesn't bring in the shalom, the the Jewish peace. Uh, James is just that simple, meaning he's that straightforward. There's nothing extra on on who he is and what he does. He's just right to the point. So he just says, hey, my name is James. I'm a servant of God. I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't, he doesn't claim that he's his brother. What a humble thing. He doesn't say, by, by the way, when you get this letter, you might want to note that I'm Jesus' brother. He doesn't say that at all. He doesn't identify himself except as being a slave of Jesus and he's writing to his fellow Jewish people in the 12 tribes, and he's saying, hello, welcome. So I really look forward to going further along as we next time pick up in chapter 1 with verse 2. This book is so full of practical encouragement, instruction, just straightforward speaking about who God calls us to be and what he calls us to do, how we should live our lives uh, as slaves, as servants of God the Father, God the Son, and led by the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I I look forward to us sharing this time together. Uh, I pray that, that you will be encouraged by this, and I'm encouraged by your participation, and may God be honored in all of it. And we just thank you. We ultimately thank God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And with that, we just say God bless you, and we'll see you next time, Lord willing.